Hello and welcome to Super Great Kids Stories, wise tales from around the world, which will make you laugh and sometimes cry. Recommended for ages 5 to 105. I'm Kim and I love stories. Hello, Super Great Kids, and how are you doing? I hope you're happy and well. Here's a reason to be cheerful. It's World Storytelling Day this Sunday. See if you can celebrate it by listening to or even telling a traditional tale. This is the second of two stories this week. This second story is a trickster story by Emily Hennessy. It's also a how and why story. It explains how some people say that Coyote the trickster came into the world back in the very beginning of time. Before we start our story, Coyote and Spider, can you think of any other stories which we've had on our podcast with spiders in them? I can think of a few. Have a go and see how many you can come up with while we have a quick word with the grown-ups. Hello, super great kids. Did you think of any stories with spiders in them? Well, there's Blue Lizard Girl with Wolf Spider in it and all the Anansi the Spider-Man stories. We've had Anansi and the Chest of Stories, Anansi and the Tiger, Anansi and the Tree with a Face, Anansi and the Drum of Common Sense, and Anansi and the Hot Pepper Soup. <laughs> so many spiders. Now, are you sitting comfortably? Then here is the talented storyteller Emily Hennessy with Coyote and Spider. Ready? Mouth open, story, jump out. Are you ready for some trouble? Good. Then let's go back to the very beginning. The creator created the world. The creator made skies, mountains, lakes and plains, oceans and forests, all from nothing. Animals were created too. Raven and crow and bear and rabbit and hare and wolf and fox. It was hard work creating from nothing. And all the while the creator howled. And from the creator's howl was born Coyote. Coyote, 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 who, if you looked at him forwards, was a dog, but if you looked at him backwards, was a god. The world was made, but it was dark. Everything lived down in burrows under the ground. When Coyote was hungry, or just bored, he'd go to a rabbit hole, and he'd wee down the hole. He'd wee and he'd wee and he'd wee until a rabbit jumped out of the hole soaking wet and then ran because Coyote would give chase. One day, Coyote found a huge gaping hole in the ground. <laughs> there must be a really big rabbit that lives down here, he thought. And so he weed 
He weed and weed and weed down that hole until he had no wee left. But he put his ear down to the hole and he could hear something rumbling and grumbling down there. Oh, this must be an enormous rabbit, he thought. And so he ran down to the river. And he drank and drank and drank and drank and drank until the river had run dry. And then he waddled back to that hole and he weed and weed and weed and weed and weed and weed until the sun, who had been fast asleep under the ground, burst out. The plain split open. The bright gleaming sun shook himself dry scowled at Coyote and leapt up high into the sky. And then there was light. Coyote could not believe what he had done. Well, into the light, the other animals who had been living underground in the dark now emerged, and they built themselves homes above the ground. Life was good. Coyote built himself a home above the ground too. <laughs> it was summer, the sun shone, it was bright and warm. It felt like summer would go on forever. But summers never go on forever, do they? The animals all knew this. They gathered firewood and food to prepare for the cold winter ahead. But not Coyote. Work was boring. But the nights were starting to close in. There was a chill in the air now. And even Coyote knew that it was time. And so he was about to step out of his little house to fetch his axe and go and chop firewood and bring in food for the winter when he noticed in the top corner of his doorway there was a tiny, almost invisible web. He took a closer look and saw in that web there was a tiny little spider at work, darting back and forth, making this web. The web was full of beautiful patterns. Coyote was transfixed. These patterns were mesmerising. As Coyote watched, tiny threads in the web began to ripple and dance and slowly but surely before Coyote's very eyes, a miniature ocean appeared, complete with gentle waves and little boats and fish that leapt out of the water. And then the image in the web was changing again, Spider was creating a, a jungle with damp leaves and bright birds and monkeys swinging from the vines between the trees. Oh, Coyote had never seen anything like it. He was rooted to the spot, completely spellbound, watching these extraordinary universes unfold. Each miniature world was more incredible than the one before. Coyote didn't notice as the day turned to night. He didn't notice his grumbling stomach or his heavy eyelids. The little spider, working away, smirked to himself. <laughs> <laughs>
and stretched the growing web across the whole of Coyote's doorway. <laughs> Soon Coyote will be dead, and his house will be mine instead. Soon Coyote will be dead, and his house will be mine instead. <laughs> Coyote hadn't been seen for a long time now, which was unusual. Twitching Rabbit came by to check on him. He peered through the doorway, which seemed to be blocked by a thick grey web. Brother, what are you doing? Coyote didn't even turn to look at his friend. I'm watching Spider and learning so many things. Oh, but winter is coming and it will be cold. You will freeze. I'll sing a song to make the winter mild, said Coyote. Twitching Rabbit sighed and hopped away. Coyote forgot to sing a song to make the winter mild. A few days later came Creaking Crow. Ah, brother, what are you doing? Ah, oh, I'm watching Spider and learning so many things. Ah, winter is coming, called Crow. It will be long, you will starve. I'll sing a song to make it short, said Coyote. Crow shook his head and flapped away. Coyote forgot to sing a song to make the winter short. Well, winter came. It was not mild and it was not short. It was harsh and it was long. Coyote's cousin, Fox, came prowling past the house and peered in through the thick web across the doorway. Cousin? Cousin, are you in there? Cousin, look at you. You are starving and freezing, said Fox. What on earth are you doing? I'm watching Spider and learning so many things. Fox was suspicious of Spider. And sure enough, when he turned his ear and listened closely, he could hear. <laughs> Soon Coyote will be dead and his house will be mine instead. Soon Coyote will be dead and his house will be mine instead. <laughs> Fox fetched food for Coyote and chopped wood. Coyote ate and was warmed by the fire that Fox made. But he still wouldn't take his eyes off Spider. Fox said, it's your turn to chop wood now. No, I'm too busy, said Coyote. And so Fox sang a magic song which sent Coyote to sleep. And then Fox set to work. He tore down the whole of the spider web and Spider, furious, scuttled away. Coyote woke up and looked at where the web had been. Now there was just a clear view of outside. Look! <gasps> said Coyote. The sky is so blue. It's all so clear. It's all so beautiful. Look at what I can see. I am so much cleverer now. <laughs> Didn't I tell you watching Spider was going to make me so clever? <laughs> Fox was angry. I'll make you twice as clever, he said. Then he chopped Coyote in half. One half leapt up 
and became Coyote again, and the other half leapt up and became Coyote's wife. Coyote's wife turned to Fox and said, Who are you? Shoo! And then she turned to Coyote and said, Husband, go and find food and chop wood. And so Coyote went. And off he went the next day too. And the next, chopping firewood and collecting food. But on the fourth day, Coyote stopped in the doorway just as he was about to leave the house because he saw in the doorway, up in the corner, there was a tiny little spider and it was weaving a web. Coyote paused just for a moment to watch. Have you ever stopped to look closely at a spider's web? Well, if you do, have a look. What can you see in there? What patterns, what worlds, what universes? But be careful. Don't stop and watch for too long. Because if you do, you might just get entangled too. Ooh, thank you for that, Emily. Coyote was nearly in big trouble there, wasn't he? Thank goodness for his cousin Fox who came to his rescue. You can trust your friends when you're in a fix, so long as they're not spiders. Thanks for listening to that story, and an especially big thanks to all of our listeners in Portland in Oregon. Now it's time to dip into our bag of happies and to thank you for the inspiring pictures and messages which you've been sending us via Facebook Messenger and via our website, supergreatkidsstories.com. Ooh, what an imaginative picture seven-year-old Quentin has sent of the fish and the star. It's so clever, Quentin, the way you've divided the picture diagonally to show the two worlds they live in. I wonder if you'd rather be a fish or a star. Thank you for sharing it. And thanks to Eliza, who drew a very clever and funny picture of me telling stories, including lots of characters from the stories. You've got lots of talent there, Eliza. Thank you very much for sharing that picture. It made me smile. And thanks to Super Great Kids Story fans Oscar, Ted and Frank, who have all drawn their own version of the Brazilian story, The Beast Who Wants a Feast. Great story, isn't it, boys? Thanks for sharing those pictures. And hello to Super Great Kids Story fans, three-year-old Connor and his brother Arthur from London. And Sid, who is seven, sent a very fun picture of Bikubai Bai trying to bargain with the coconut seller. Thank you, Sid. I wonder if you can tell that story to your little sister, Uma. And thanks to Liam, who is 10, and Liza, who is eight, from Athens in Alabama, who listened to Super Great Kids stories on their way to school. Liam, I love your picture of the sausage tree. It's really stylish. I like the way you've labelled the bread in the grass and the sausages growing on the tree. And Liza, I love the goose girl's skinny legs and her rosy cheeks and the big sky all around her. Thank you for sharing it. It's a fun story, isn't it? I wonder if you can sing the Goose Girl's song. And Cassandra, who is six from Malaysia, has drawn a very accomplished picture of the race between Donkey and Toad. I love the way you've drawn the characters in the story so accurately, Cassandra. I wonder if you could tell that story to your brother Chester, who also likes listening to the stories. 
And thanks to Truman from Nevada City in California. He sent an energetic picture of the sausage tree story. Thanks very much, Truman. I like the way you've put the farmer and his wife underneath the tree. I wonder what you'd do if you suddenly found a lot of gold. And thanks to Rex, who is five, from North Carolina. Rex has sent some super great cartoons of a Nancy sliding down the tree and the pumpkin rolling along the path and Father Frost with his spiky hair bellowing at Star Child. Thanks so much for sharing them, Rex. They are super great. And Felix, who is eight in North Somerset, has been drawing up a storm. Your pictures have a feeling of great fun in them, Felix. It's tricky to get into a drawing, but you can do it. I love your parrot looking through the bars of the cage and your elephant with a shiny little button nose and the geese on top of Baba Yaga's hut. All rather brilliant. Great writing too. Thank you. And thanks to Ashling in Ireland, who is six, for her picture of the tramp and the boots. I love the huge size of the tramp compared to the tiny and very angry fairy who's furiously shouting out from behind a flower. Just lovely. Thank you. And five-year-old Jack from Portland in Maine has sent in a great picture of Baba Yaga in her cauldron, sweeping her way through the sky with her broom. And the way you've drawn her hut standing on chicken legs below is really good. Thanks, Jack. And Fiona, who is four from Seattle in Washington, has drawn a cheeky Anansi picture. I particularly like his hairy legs, Fiona. I wonder if his mouth is wide open because he's singing after drinking that hot pepper soup. A lovely picture. Thank you for sharing it. And Clementine, who is seven, has drawn two big and bold and beautiful pictures. I love the whistling giant from How the Mosquito Became and the magic river in Nora and the Aki Fruit. They're wonderfully magnificent. Thank you for sharing these, Clementine. And thanks to George, who is four, in Sydney in Australia, for a great picture of how the whale got its sad song. I love your sad-looking whale, so far away from the sea, and the eagle soaring above him with his sharp talons. Really good, George. Thank you. And Rosie, who is five, from St. Louis in Missouri, has sent a lovely picture inspired by the story of Loki and the Wall of Asgard. He's a great trickster, isn't he, Rosie? I particularly like his big smile. And what a lovely picture of baby crocodile's birthday, sent in by Theo from Stockholm in Sweden. I love all the different characters you've drawn from the story, Theo, and they're all smiling. It's not at all easy to draw a flamingo and an elephant. Well done. That's it for now. More thanks for all your inspiring drawings next week. You can see these pictures on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash supergreatkidsstories. And if you'd like to send one, send it on Facebook Messenger or scroll to the bottom of our website at supergreatkidsstories.com where you can attach a picture at the bottom. Now, thanks to all of you who are supporting us on Apple Podcasts and on Patreon and on Ko-fi. Thanks to Vega and Ray and to Elizabeth P. and her children, and to Lonan and Ezra for all your Kofi donations. And thanks to our new Patreon subscribers, James and Christopher. And if you'd like to support us and get stories without ads and early, you can subscribe through Apple Podcasts or on Patreon, which you'll find on our website at supergreatkidstories.com. 
Another way of helping is to share a review. We've had some heartening reviews this week. Thanks to Spindle23 from the UK and Unicorn Princess and Criollo from the United States. And Termite Down Under in Australia and Elsa and Anna in South Africa. Oh, and Luke, who is four from the United States. That's it for this episode. Do you think you could do something this weekend to celebrate World Storytelling Day? Maybe try telling someone a story at home. Or draw a picture of your favourite story. Whatever you do, keep telling your stories. Bye for now. This podcast was produced in Wardour Studios in London. Music